Welcome to Inside College Admissions. My name is Peter Van Buskirk, and today I'm joined by good friend Amy Belstra, who is the post-secondary counselor at Libertyville High School in Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Welcome, Amy. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm doing, doing very well, thank you. And I'm glad that uh, we could get you away from all of the other conversations you're having with seniors now about uh, what should I do and how do I compare financial aid and all that sort of a thing to maybe focus on some conversation that will be useful to juniors as they get started in the college process. So what we wanna do today is take a look at institution types because in my experience, and I'll be interested in hearing your experience as well, it seems that young people begin and their parents begin the process with a list of schools that isn't very well differentiated by anything but reputation and zip code. And it's all supposed to make sense after that. Do you see anything like that in your work? It's totally true. I think that as, especially as students are starting this process, it's, it's all about name recognition. It's about which car decals have I seen on the back of somebody's car with, you know, University of or blank college and, and uh, you know, trying to say, oh, I've seen that school on somebody's car. It's got to be a good school. I was sharing that one of my, my favorite decals is one that just says college on the back of the car because I'm like, yes, that's the whole idea. It's that you're proud that you went to college, right? So I think that is often where students start for sure is just simply, oh yeah, I've heard of that one. I'm going to college. Yeah, exactly. For, for those listening, let's, let's kind of break it down and, and, and try to establish some points of differentiation first between a college and a university. How, how do you talk with your advisees about the difference between a college and a university? Yeah, absolutely. Oftentimes when in, back in the days pre-pandemic when we were doing in-person programs, I would, I would actually ask that question to the audience, you know, how do you, how do you define the difference between the two? And, and some were able to pick up on it pretty quickly, others not so much, but the way I typically describe it is that a college is a school that is for the most part, and these are always sort of general loose de definitions, but for the most part is going to offer undergraduate or bachelor's degrees. Whereas a university may offer graduate degrees as well, master's degrees, doctoral degrees. And within a university, especially a large university, uh, you'll often see colleges within it. So the College of Arts and Sciences, the College of Business, College of Engineering, et cetera. And they're individual entities within that university that oversee that particular academic area. So that's, I think, a, an important distinction for students to understand. There are benefits to both, mm -hmm. and it really depends on what they are looking for in their education. So the, the university, just to recap, is usually a more complex institution mm -hmm. and often a larger institution than the college, Correct. whereas the, the college is devoted exclusively to undergraduate education university can do a lot of different things. Correct. Now, I'm going to throw some things out that, that I'm sure we both hear from students a lot. And, and I'd be interested in your response. Uh, you, you hear students say, well, I'll have better opportunities to do more things academically at a university because it's bigger. I hear that all the time. Their assumption is there's, because it's bigger, there's more options and therefore all of these things are gonna be on the buffet in front of them. When in reality, that's not necessarily the case. It may be those buffet options are limited to students in upper levels or graduate classes, and they're only available to those. There may be professors that only work primarily with graduate students whose research may be really interesting, but it's a little harder to get involved in that. Um, 
that's the, the benefit of a college is that those professors are there with one focus and it's on the undergraduate students. So their research, just I, I think their focus is on those students in their classroom and how they can help them thrive, succeed and move on then to that next level if that's in their path. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I'd like to come back to that in just a moment. Uh, but as we're still dealing more broadly with typologies, if you will, mm -hmm. we, we talked about college, we talked about university and other, I think, miss oftentimes is the differentiation between public and private. Uh, yes. uh, and, and among colleges and universities, there are public and there are private. How do we help folks understand that difference? And that's a big one. I always, I always try to help students understand that you hear your parents every year complain about their taxes. Hmm. And uh, to help kids understand that part of the part of any public university is that they are subsidized or you know funded partially by the taxpayers' um, taxes in that state. And that allows them oftentimes to keep their costs lower than a private university who doesn't get those funding sources from the state. So they can look very different in terms of total cost of attendance. The public universities are going to have a lower total cost of attendance than the private universities. But, and there's the big but in there, is that Private universities have different sources of funding to bring those costs down to help families find them more affordable. You know, being in Illinois, it's interesting because I think our both public and private universities in states surrounding Illinois, because um, a lot of our, let's be honest, a lot of our Chicago area students are pretty mobile. They're very willing to look at going outside of Illinois. And um, those schools have become very savvy at how to bring their costs down, either through scholarships or any other financial assistance that they can and get that cost very similar to what it would cost a student to stay in state. So private universities find ways to do that with scholarships. You know, scholarships are basically just, a, I, I often describe them as it's a coupon. Somebody's saying here, take this much percent or this much money off the top of the cost. We're just reducing that cost to make it more palatable to you, so. Well, it's interesting. I think the notion that off the top that state universities are, are less expensive than private schools makes sense if you're somebody who can pay full. If you can't pay full and you need assistance, then your ability to get assistance is going to be usually, to your point, greater at the private schools than at the state universities. Yeah, absolutely. The state universities, actually, a lot of times they are, they're limited in what they can do, sometimes by the state legislature. And, you know, this is where politics can get into it. They, their sources of funding are, are limited. One of the things that has emerged over the last, oh, you can probably help me with this, Peter, um, probably the last five to seven years is the thought of negotiating financial aid packages. You know, back when I was starting off in this profession, that just didn't happen. And there are still schools that say, we don't do that. You know, this is what we offer you is what you get. Right. Um, but as colleges are, you know, managing their enrollment and, and trying to, you know, bring in a freshman class, they are oftentimes willing to talk with families about, hey, you know, if it can we help you further to bring the price down and therefore make it more affordable for your family? And, and it's becoming something much more common in this than it used to be. And private schools are more often able to do that. 
well, they, they have much more latitude uh, because they're dealing with, with private resources rather than state funded uh, resources. Now, let's suppose we have a, a young person who's looking at state universities out of state. Mm-hmm. Does that person still benefit from the reduced cost? To hear you talk, the, the state university has a, a lower cost provided by the tax dollars paid by the in-state families to benefit the in-state families. So somebody coming from out of state, does that, that person get the same benefit? Uh, that's the infamous, it depends <laughs> answer. So it really, it really does depend on where you are in the country, what programs may be available. For example, out West, they have a program called the Western Undergraduate Exchange or WUI um, that families can take advantage of where participating colleges and participating is the key word. Not every school in the states that are in this program are um, going to participate, but those schools that do can offer families a reduced cost if they qualify. In the Midwest, we have something called the Midwest Student Exchange Program uh, that has a a similar benefit. Typically, families pay the the school's in-state tuition plus 50%. So it it can be a significant cost reduction. There are also a few schools in the country that um, offer students the ability to earn in-state tuition. They have to jump through some hoops. They typically have to establish a year's worth of residency in that state. So they stay in state and work the summer after their first year in college. A lot of times they have to get either a driver's license or register to vote or do something like that. But once they do, the following three years of their college career can be at the in-state cost, significant savings. Now, don't go out thinking there's a lot of schools that do that folks, but um, there are a few out there that do. We've established now that there are a range of options, uh, public, private, in-state, out-of-state, large, small, the university, the college. Uh, So if that's the case, doesn't it make sense then that that at, at the early stages of a college planning process, the student really needs to have a good understanding of what she wants and how she wants to get it before she begins to look at schools. I mean, I, I worry sometimes that the, the college process starts with a list of colleges rather than any kind of reflection. What are your thoughts about that? Oh my gosh, um, reflection. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a key word because obviously most, most students, let's say juniors that are starting this process are, are jumping in with those basic questions that they and all their friends are talking about. It's the where, it's the what size, it's It's a lot of lifestyle, college lifestyle questions. You know, is it a school that has sports or Greek organizations or the major that I want? They start with very basic things instead of sort of asking themselves, does the college have a program that's gonna support me? Is it it gonna help me figure out what I wanna do? Am I going to thrive in that environment? How do they help students sort of move forward through it and, and really focusing on the education piece of it. Those are, those are pretty deep questions that students often need to ask themselves. And I'm glad you went there because I'm not sure that, that students know how to ask it of themselves. And I'm sure, I suspect that if parents were alert to that line of thinking, they would be happy to share <laughs> the questions with the students. But what kinds of questions should students be thinking about uh, in terms of, you talked about knowing your major, some of the social aspects of a college experience. I suspect there, there are different variables here that, that, yeah. that need to be understood before, again, we look at a college list. Yeah, well, and 
I know you start with a, a very big one in your presentations is why am I going to college? What's why am I starting here? This is is it just because it's expected of me? Or is it because I truly am looking to learn more and, and grow more and have that experience? So I think that's a big one. The other, the other piece is, there's two pieces, I guess I would say, is what, what are my values? What, what really is important to me? The college essay guy who I love, shout out to Ethan Sawyer. He has a wonderful exercise for students called the values exercise. And it starts out with like a hundred different types of values that they read through and then start to narrow down until they get to the one that is most important to them. It's a useful tool for writing essays, but I think it's also useful in really saying, what is most important to you? I, I love having students do that and then process it with them because maybe it's money, maybe it's organization, maybe it's integrity, you know, it could be any number of things, but it's so fun to hear their reasoning for why that is. And I think different colleges support different values along the way. So it's really figuring out what makes sense for them. The other piece that I think is very important is that students sort of examine who they are as a student in high school and recognize that that's probably not who they're going to be as a student in college. <laughs> you know, it, it, in high school, classes are typically smaller. You know, they may be 10 students, maybe 30, somewhere in between, but those are usually your, out, your in and outside ranges. And college classes can range from five to 500 very easily and everything in between. So- Excuse me a second, Amy. Yes. Since we're making the differentiation between college and university, yeah. is it so that the college classes would range in five to 500 or in, in, across the range of institutions, we might be looking at five to 500? Yes. Excellent, excellent point, Peter, that this comes down to the size of the school and to kind of drilling down and finding out those statistics of what is the average class size, what percentage of the classes are at, you know, 30 or fewer students. If I am going to be there for four years, how many classes am I going to take that may be bigger? A smaller college is obviously going to have smaller classes and the majority of your experience will be that way. At a larger university, Again, it does depend, I will say this, but chances are much, much higher that you're going to have some very large lecture classes, especially in your first couple years. And depending on your major, I know students who, for example, have majored in business, which is always a popular major at, at many large public universities, and the smallest class they ever had in their whole four years was about 60 students. So I've, I've heard that happen. So you really have to look at who you are as a student in a classroom and what you want to have out of that experience. Are you somebody who's very passive, who just wants to sit back, absorb the information, maybe take some notes and then sort of teach it to yourself again at a later date and then, you know, provide it back to the professor on a, a test or a paper or a research project? Or are you somebody who likes to be part of the conversation, wants to be part of that dialogue, wants to hear what your classmates are thinking and saying, or I think there's a third category. Are you someone where that would be really good for you to have that experience? I think a lot of students in high school, are, they don't have a confident voice yet. They're developing it, but it would be really good for them to develop that voice, but it takes them out of their comfort zone a little bit. So it's, figuring out what offers you that experience. And, and I don't want to ignore the fact that there are many different sizes of schools. 
there are a lot of mid-sized schools that offer both experiences to students and can sometimes be a sweet spot for a lot of kids. They get kind of a bigger school and a smaller school experience within one. In fact, some of the flagship state universities will have within them an honors program that is an oasis, if you will, a small college oasis within the larger university, which yeah. is a separate application process too. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think a lot of students don't realize that is the way to, you know, okay, one of my least favorite sayings in this whole profession is you can make a big school feel small, but you can't make a smaller school feel big. And I so disagree with that, everybody. I just want you to know there are ways to make bigger schools feel smaller. You get involved, whether it's through an honors program, you, you find your people, mm -hmm. whatever that may be. Is it the people within your major? Is it people in an honors program? Is it people on your intramural team? Is it a sorority or fraternity? Whatever it is, where do you connect with others? Mm -hmm. But a smaller school, it's, it's often easier to make those connections more quickly but then they offer you opportunities to get out and see the bigger world as well. That as you go along, you, you have those opportunities to make them bigger, to experience the world, where it's through, whether it's through study abroad or an internship, whatever it may be. So both sizes can offer you opportunities. It's just whichever is the right fit for you. And fit is a big part of this. And, and again, you don't get fit if you start with the list and then try to fit yourself into the institution. It, it, it works much better if you, you do the introspective, reflective piece first, and then the colleges and or universities that make sense to you will begin to emerge in a logical fashion. Yeah. One quick thought here on a question that, that I, I suspect you hear fairly often as applications are being prepared in the fall. A student might be submitting an application to a university, the university application says, tell us now, what will your major be? We need to know right now, what is your major? Any, any reaction to that? My, my thought is that why are you applying to an institution that's going to force you to make a decision before you're ready? Because there are Correct. certainly many other types of places that, that will welcome you and encourage you to explore. Yeah, I, I definitely feel there are colleges that want to get you on the track to your major very quickly that I think benefits them in terms of, you know, apportioning their advising and their class sizes and determining all of that on their budgetary end. However, does that help students? No, it doesn't um, because they feel a pressure to know that when they're 16, 17, 18 years old. And I always normalize that, you know, the vast majority of us didn't know, I didn't know I was going to be a post-secondary or college counselor when I was in high school. My gosh, I never knew that. I didn't know I was going to be a counselor. I thought I was supposed to be a dolphin trainer. So, you know, I think I changed my mind five times in terms of my major in college. And I like to think I was pretty normal. So it's a self-discovery process. It is, it is. And in every college, even those that do want to slot you in will give you the opportunity to say, I don't know, uh, you know, I really don't know. And, you know, certainly the last 10 to 15 years have been difficult in terms of the, you know, the economy and that kind of thing. And a lot of parents having lived through the financial crisis and, and all that are like, really, we don't want you living in our basement forever. We want you to find a job. We want you to you know, move forward with your life and choose an, a major that is going to make sense for you. And certainly I see that come and go in waves, but 
colleges have definitely responded to that. They are much more cognizant about helping students sort of build resumes early, build connections early, and at least be thinking about it, even if you're not ready to declare an actual major yet. So that's not a bad thing in the long run. Absolutely. Amy, this has been great, an opportunity to really understand that there are different opportunities for students of different interest backgrounds and perspectives all over the country. One of the things that's sad to me is that it's predictable every year, roughly 55, maybe 60% of the students who start college will ever graduate, which to me means that there are a lot of young people who haven't really thought through the fit part that you reference, and, and I'm so glad that, that you brought that up. I, I hope that the conversation we've had today has been helpful to our listeners in, in understanding that there's an awful lot to be learned about institutions. It takes a little bit of time to do the homework and do the research, but if you do it well, you can put together a list of colleges that make sense to you. Amy, any further thoughts on this before we wrap? Oh, just best of luck to everybody. I, you know, I think colleges have become very adept in the last year at providing resources for families to discover more about who that college is. And I guess I would just advise students when you go to a college's website, don't just do the virtual tour and stop there. Many colleges will give you a good sense of their personality or their soul, even if you just are willing to take some time to read and maybe watch a couple of videos. Go to the website for if you are interested in a specific area, doesn't mean you have to major in it, but you're interested, learn more about it. They're going to tell you so much more about what it means to study that topic, what the opportunities are, how they may help students pursue it. Learn more about student life. What do students do? Just go down the rabbit hole. Take the time to do that. And hopefully you'll discover a college's personality through that. And if it meshes well with your own, keep it on your list. If you feel it doesn't, take it off and move on. There are so many great options out there and keep an open mind. You may be surprised at what happens. Exactly. And, and, and as you suggest, there are no shortcuts to good answers. So right. now's a good time for students who are juniors uh, to really start doing the digging and, and getting past the homepage to learn what they can. Thank you again, Amy. And thanks to those who have listened in. I hope this has been useful. And I look forward to having you join us again in a future conversation about inside college admissions. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Peter.